Hezekiah's brother Hezekiah was afraid of getting his fingers dirty. Morning! Yeah, I hope you don't mind. I got up a little early, so I took the liberty of milking your cow for you. Yeah, it took a little while to get her warmed up. She sure is a stubborn one. Then pow, all at once. We don't have a cow. We have a bull. <laughs> It's Zach's favorites. Another tournament with multiple courses, and two of them are absent shot link data. This is the breakdown of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am for DraftKings, and the cut line is gonna give you pure fuego. For those of you who don't speak Spanish, that's fire. Well, so long as we've got some time to kill, I think I'll have a beer. We don't have no beer, just tequila. What's tequila? It's like beer. Is it fattening? Fattening? Forget it. If it's like beer, we'll have some. Three tequilas. Sure, sure, amigos. Enjoy yourselves. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, UK. Goodbye, Australia. But hello, Germany. And the cut line has now ejected itself into another country. And now Germany has experienced what many call too hot to handle, too cold to hold, the cream of the crop always rising to the top, the constantly refreshing, invigorating, hysterical, and never ever willing to. Dude, you gotta cut that shit off, man. You're cutting off our promos. No. Uh, I'm Mike Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. Six of six through was not plentiful last week. Not enough, anyway. And for the first time this season, neither my monster nor my guarantee came through. Almost. Bang bang. So this week, new attire for the show, sporting the. Peter Millar BMW pullover in no titleist golf hat. Gonna change the mojo, but this show is so much better with my partner in crime, the original 6K Dynamo, the 6K Magnet, the 6K I pick them, you play them and win them. The lineup slayer, Mad Money Manafort, Mai Tai Manafort, Zero Iron Zach at EaglesFan83 on Twitter, number 18 in your programs, but number one in your hearts, lives in hangover purgatory, sorry my friend, Mr. Karuna himself, <laughs> Zach Manafort. Hello, Zach. Hello. Hello. How? I am doing very well. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, sir. It's a another excellent show for the cut line i'm excited that you're here once again it's usually around this you know, time that you say oh i got something going on i can't be there oh, blah, 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 blah. 
It is, it is, it is, but not yet. I wanted to because I saw the three courses and I was like, I don't want, I don't even want to look at it. I don't want to do it. But I'm here. I'm, I'm back on a winning streak. I was 50-50 last week, so I'm, I'm coming up. So I can't, can't stop now. Just for the record, so everyone knows, this is the only time I'm about to talk about Phil Mickelson this weekend. Last year he won. We're crickets from there, but. We're going to go to our good, bad, ugly, our calls from last week. I'm going to kick it off for us, the good. And I'm sure you are with me on this. It's Webb Simpson, our winner of you the Waste know it. Management Open. I had a lot, not enough. I'm going to admit that. He was the only person I played in the 10K range. As I stated, that was it. That was it. I didn't want to play anybody, and if I was forced to, I'd have Webb, and that was all yeah, I Yeah, you had a hard stance in that upper range. I was... So- it would have really worked out well if, uh, God, who was it that finished? JT finished, would have just dropped off. Oh, JT was, on, like, he's he's still oh, yeah. solid. He's really good right now. Because everyone else really didn't return value. I mean, Ron at ninth, I think that's not really, you're not paying for ninth. Yeah, he, that was he's it. been really folding on those Saturdays and Sundays recently, but. We're going to go to the bad, the calls we wish we could change a little bit more ownership or less ownership, whatever the case may be for me. It's less exposure to Bryson DeChambeau. I thought he was in a solid spot. I stick, I stick my to my guns on this. That with the similar courses, Bryson should have crushed. He just, he just couldn't putt. Uh, and it all started with that eagle putt that just rimmed out on that par five. And yep, it it was so tough to watch DeChambeau not necessarily fall to pieces, but just. Miss on all the opportunities, so I wish I didn't have as much to Shambo as I did. It it didn't cost me in my lineups necessarily, but it did cost me that I was so overweight on Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, for me it was was Grio. Just a terrible. Ter- he just looks terrible. I thought for sure he'd bounce back and and show us something last week, but a seventy three and a seventy four, it just you know par your way to a bogeys is not the way to win. Griot is slowly entering the DNP list for me. Yeah, I don't know what what's wrong with him, but I mean, it, he got what? Me, I'm trying to go back and look at three, three birdies and two rounds. That's terrible. It's almost like you got to pick that tournament where he's just gonna go crazy. I thought he could do well. I mean, I really did. Uh, the putting is my problem with him here. It's way off. But anyways, my ugly, my can't do it, Tony Finau. Finished in second place. Made it to the playoff against Webb Simpson. I was a can't-do-it on Finau. Had zero Tony Finau. Valued way too much in the course history and his past experiences there. The guy's on fire. He's playing great golf. Still can't win, but oh well. Tony Finau, second place. He he paid off big time for a lot of players. Yeah, he did. I mean, he he looked really good. I didn't have any either, so I can't really... Can't say it, but he, he was looking good. So, the cut line is here to bring you in-depth analysis of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And we're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like these guys. They're funny guys. Just kill one of them. To make sure that you're cashing big on Sunday. In addition, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. Possibly your back door. 
And the goal of the cut line is to make sure that you're creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass, taking names, and scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line. Zach. <laughs> Wednesday night. It's crunch time. You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know where you're going to be. You don't know who you're going to play. You don't even know the weather outside, but Zach, what are you going to be doing Wednesday night? Well, for me, it's easy. It's Wednesday. We're in Hawaii. It's beautiful out. Planes are getting filtered here. We got the Chinese not able to fly home to the Wuhan province. I'm going straight down to Waikiki, and I'm going to boost my immune system and see if I can avoid it. They're everywhere here. I'm just going to walk around and breathe it in. I'm either becoming a superhuman, or I'm going to be the first one down. You didn't think I was gonna go there. I did. I don't um, care. <laughs> okay. That's why we can't script it. I'm telling you, it just comes to. We me. are now distributing cut line medical masks to prevent you from the coronavirus. Zach is under the impression that the coronavirus means you get a six pack of Corona in a cooler, and you can't stop drinking it until it's all gone. Dude, that's foolish. Here's what I'm gonna be doing. I need leverage, and I know I'm going to be checking out FanShare Sports. Even with my own personal ownership projections, I know that a second opinion is incredibly important. The guys I trust, FanShare Sports. So if you're not subscribed, there is a way, super easy fix. And the best way is to go to FanShareSports.com, input the word CUTLINE in the discount option, and you'll receive 20% off your membership. Ownership is a leverage, not to be belittled. Love fanchair sports. Oh yeah, the best. They are the best. The, the accuracy of the predictions there is just spot on. And of course, we need to give a shout out to PGA and Fantasy National. You want to build stronger lineups, better lineups. Both Zach and my process start with these two sources. They give us a huge leg up when compared to the rest of the industry. Are your lineups in the gutter? It's probably because you're not using Fantasy National. Your lineups are ending on the wrong end of the flag stick, so I ask you, how come you're not making money, you loser? Because you suck. You suck, you asswipe. Suck. Anyways, this week the PGA Tour heads to Cali for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Three courses and no cut line until Sunday. The golfers will need pinpoint accuracy and scoring to succeed on Spyglass Hill, Monterey Peninsula Golf Club, and Pebble Beach. Man, I would really love to golf there. Really love to that golf there. That would be beautiful. Like, goal in my life is to golf there. And by the way, Pebble Beach is nowhere near set up like the U.S. Open was. Anyways, it's three courses. No, no shot link data, Zach. Take us home, bro. What do we need to know about this weekend's tournament? <clears throat> There's three courses. They all suck. No, um, I'm not a fan of three course events, but I do like I do like the the Pebble Beach program. I mean, I, I think it's interesting. So this week, as you said, you know, 54 hole cut that'll happen on Saturday after everyone gets a chance to play one of the three courses, and then everyone will get another chance to play Pebble on Sunday. The top 65 and ties will move on, and so basically how the rotation. Oh, it's top 60. I'm sorry. Um, basically, how the rotation will work is you, you started at Monterey, you go to Spyglass and then end at Pebble. If you start at Spyglass, you go to Pebble and then you go to Monterey. And if you start at Pebble, you'll go to Monterey and then you go to Spyglass. 
And if you make it through, you go to Sunday back to Pebble Beach. So what does that mean? We're looking at all pretty short courses this week. So Pebble Beach is a par 72, about 6,800 yards, which features nine holes near the water and 111 bunkers with really small greens. And then you got Monterey Peninsula, which is a par 71, also about 6,900 yards. 13 of those are by the water and they have huge greens, so that'll be fun. And then the Spyglass Hill, which is different than all the others, is a par 72. 6,900 yards, more of a link style, it's tree-lined, small greens, uh, and you know, they're all short courses here, so for me, it's going to be strokes gained approach and ball striking, uh, not so much focusing on the average driving distance. So, to, the thing to look at here is, uh, <laughs> typing in me random things, thought I was going to say it, not going to read it, uh, driving distance on tour is usually... 283 is the average driving distance we see at a PGA event. Here in the hit, in the last uh, couple years, the average driving distance is 267. So you don't have to be a long hitter, and you really don't have to be that accurate, because as long as you're striking the ball well uh, on your approach, you're probably going to do well. And then if you look at the past winners, you see guys like Spieth and Snedeker, who you know we know are good putters on, po on POA. Um, so I would weight putting a little bit heavily here. Um, so, you know, they're not hard courses. In 2019, we saw Pebble as the 12th easiest. Monterey's right behind it in the 22nd, and then Spyglass is around 20th, and that's out of 49 courses. So kind of middle of the road with Pebble being the easiest, and definitely not set up uh, like the Open. So, Poa Greens, a program the first three days, so get ready for some long, long rounds. So if you get, you've got guys that don't like to wait and play slow play golf, Try to avoid them because they might get frustrated. Granted, they might be playing with some fun guys uh, and there's gonna be a lot of amateurs floating around and making distractions. So, you know, if there's guys you know that don't like to play that kind of style, I would just avoid them altogether. Also, it's supposed to be a little chilly, mid 50s with light wind. So uh, I don't really think weather's gonna be an issue. It's not supposed to rain at all. Uh, the wind gusts are gonna stay relatively low with, with the exception of maybe late Sunday afternoon so far. We might see them up in the 30 mile an hour range, but. It's so early that we that could never happen, and it doesn't matter Sunday afternoon anyway, because if you got your lineups right, you got them right, and there's nothing you can do to change a Sunday outcome. Uh, so with all that, for me, taking a look at all the courses combined, I'm focusing on a couple of things that just historically have worked, and that's strokes gained approach, strokes gained ball striking, GAR's gained, and then strokes gained on the par fives and the par fours, is where pretty much we'll see a lot of scoring coming from. And then I'm combining that looking at historical strokes game putting on POA uh, over the last 50 and 100 rounds. Um, my player pool is pretty small this week, uh, as we'll kind of see. Uh, I'm kind of limiting myself to just a couple, uh, as I don't really play heavy on multiple course events. But that's what I'm looking at. How about yourself? I'm looking at some similar stats that you are, specifically strokes gain approach, ball striking, um, greens and regulation gained, and opportunities gained. I think scoring is very important here, like we kind of already talked about, that you have to have the ability to score big on Spyglass specifically, Monterey, and of course the rough is just not that deep at Pebble. So it, 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 it's going to play easier. I think people are going to get confused. They're going to look at the course rotations. The only way course rotation really is, is in terms of wave stacking would be in weather. Is a factor the wind obviously yeah. is going to affect the coastal courses a little bit more than it's going to bother spyglass because spyglass is more inland so 
that's what we got to take a look at. Um, historically, you've seen certain golfers, you know, struggle at certain courses for whatever reason, but still win the tournament. So it's something to keep keep in mind. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited for this tournament to start. I, I love that the weather's calm. It's gonna be give an even playing field, even though it's it's lacking the uh, the star power that we typically see at a PGA event. It is. I mean, there's some there's some heavy hitters here, but generally, yeah. You got some guys priced up. There's a ton of guys that are priced so. up. Ton of guys. But there's some gems. There's there's some gems in there. The hidden gem. Stars and scrubs week for me. He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. Well, this takes us to our one putt, two putt, three putt, birdie or better segment where Zach and I will take the 11K range all the way down to the 7K range and tell you about the guys that we like, the guys that we love, the guys that we are going to roster in our lineups. And they're going to help us take home a huge payday. You already started with the Stars and Scrubs lineup approach this week. I think we all know where you're going to start, but we'll give you the show. We'll give you the keys to the car. Where are we going this week in the 11K to 10K range? I am playing a guy that I was off all last year. Every time you mentioned him, I was like, no, he's broken. No, he's broken. No, he's broken. I didn't play him. I did not play him at all, and I did not get burned by him once last year. And it's Dustin Johnson. I think he's may have figured it out. I think he's back. So we saw, you know, the last time we saw him last year was the Tour Championship where he just looked awful. We lost 13 strokes uh, across the field uh, coming off another awful event at the BMW. He just didn't look like Dustin Johnson. So I don't know. You know, he was just, he needed a break. So he comes back at the Tour Championship back in early January, gets seventh right off the bat. Putting's back, six and a half strokes gained after losing strokes in his last eight events. Okay, that's back. His approach game was 1.7 strokes game after losing almost nine strokes in six and a half the two previous events. Off the tee, he looked good. Around the green, he was still kind of struggling. All right, so one event. Okay, fine. He had one seventh tournament of champions. All right, well, then we look at last week where he was out. Um, God, where was he? What was the name of the championship? The Almarouge Golf Course uh, last week where he came in second and finished 10 under. So I think... We see two weeks already in January where he's outperformed kind of what he did almost in months stretches last year. Uh, historically does well here. Um, we saw him 45th last year, which, again, I don't think he was himself at all last year. But then he had a second in 2018, a third in 2017, came in fourth in 2015, second in 2014. He's, he won back in 2010. Uh, I just think if he is in the form that he should be in, he is by and far my favorite play this week. He ranks out number one. He's number two in approach in the last 36 rounds on public courses. First in ball striking, 10th in putting, 10th in par five scoring, second in par four scoring, second in GIS gained. I can't get away from Dustin Johnson this week and I am was avidly against him. Uh, I just think, I don't know if he comes in under own, but I'm paying for him because I think I can find guys down low that I like. I think DJ's a great play as well. He ranks 31st in my aggregate model, 52nd in my overall model. But part of that is because my overall model weights so much of past season stats at this point in time 
but one thing to point out, I think Dustin Johnson was just suffering from a lot of like nagging injuries. He did have that like arthroscopic knee surgery in September, which mm-hmm. they all say it's routine to repair cartilage damage in his left knee. And if you ever had damage in your knee, cartilage damage, you need a scope or anything like that, you just can't get it done. Um, it does cause some pain. It does cause some discomfort, especially with someone like Dustin Johnson, who's putting so much tension and, and torsion on that swing of his, on his knees specifically. So a knee scope for a pro usually takes about a week to heal, two weeks to get right. And especially with Dustin Johnson putting so much weight on that knee, I, th- I think he feels good, kind of like the stats you mentioned. I hope so. I mean, coming off of a second place, I mean, yeah, I'm concerned about the travel time coming from all the way out there, but... I don't know. I think with with that nagging injury, he may feel like he felt good, but you're compensating in other ways that you're just mentally not aware of. I think now that he's better, he's back to work. He's not making those subtle moves that throw his his game completely off. I think the nice thing about this week is is that he gets a three-course rotation, which allows him to manage his game, work on the things that he needs to do. He's not going to struggle on any particular course except potentially on Sunday when he has to play Pebble Beach. But my favorite stat about DJ is at the TOC, six and a half strokes gained putting. Yeah, man. Like like last season, the putter was brutal, and it was costing him tournaments, costing me money, you know, because I was all about him. Like, this can't last forever. If you are going with a Stars and Scrubs model, DJ is a perfect guy to start your lineups with. I, I agree with you on that. Another guy I wanted to mention was Patrick Cantlay, and he's going to be popular, quite possibly the chalk donkey. If it's not him, it's going to be Paul Casey. I think both these guys are in play. Start with Cantlay first. He's seventh in my aggregate model, first in my overall model, um, without anyone being close. In terms of putting specifically on POA, he's not the best in the field, and POA is a pretty important aspect of winning here specifically at this tournament we've always seen good putting on poa but he has the ability to maybe just have that one round historically not that great at pebble beach pro-am considering his price tag he's averaging 42nd place with a 35th in 2018 and a 48th in 2017 i only look back to 2014 as most of you guys know and of course i think one of the most important factors with can't leave and why he's a high risk top-notch play is that he has yet to play since the TOC. Yep. Uh, what do you think? You like Cantley or no? I don't. He's on my... I can't do it, so I'll wait. Gotcha. Um, and then, of course, as I mentioned before, looking at the... To kind of finalize this uh, upper range, it's Paul Casey. Paul Casey, great historical data here at Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Second last year. Eighth the year before that, so we're having an average finish of the top five, especially for a guy who's ten thousand five hundred. If you are going to go stars and scrubs and go try to go DJ and Casey, I'm not sure you can do it. I haven't done any lineup builds in that form or fashion, but he is an option. He ranks second in my aggregate model, tenth in my overall model. Um, great putter, great approach game, great off the tee. Um, other than that, man, I, I think I think that really really does it decent job of rounding up the this top range yeah i agree i like a little bit of casey um that's that's about it for me i don't i have no interest in anybody else 
None. None. Zero. So we're going to go to this 9K range, which actually shows Phil Mickelson at 9,500. Oh, I said I wouldn't mention him again. Dumbass. And then Matthew Fitzpatrick at 9,700. I don't think we're ever going to see that again this season. And, of course, topped with Matt Kuchar at 99. Brandon Gase at 93. Gase Grace. Graham McDowell coming off his win at the Saudi at 92. And Victor Hovland and Jordan Spieth. Oh, Jordan Spieth, you got problems. Anyways, who you got in this range? Uh, I only have two, and I'll start with Fitzpatrick. I have a little bit of interest in Fitzpatrick just because I don't think he's going to be owned here. Um, I think a lot of people are just going to play Phil, and I, sure, I guess. Uh, not me, but I, I just, with all the guys up top, uh, I think a lot of people are going to play Dustin, a lot of people are going to play Cantley, a lot of people are going to play Casey, and then it'll kind of fall off, and then we'll see Phil high, and I don't know, I think Fitzpatrick gets lost in the shuffle here, and he doesn't have a good, he missed the cut here last year, okay, fine, he's a young guy, um, playing okay, he had a second a couple weeks ago, two other top tens, like, late last year, um, I don't know, I think he just fits well here, he's not a terrible poa putter, he gains strokes, um, if it gets windy on Sunday and he happens to be in contention, I think he puts him in a really good spot, uh, where he'll just climb the leaderboard and if he's like 5% owned, you're putting yourself in a gray area. He ranks 16th overall for me, and it's kind of because he's middle of the road in a lot of stats in like the upper 20s. Like GIR's gained, he's 15. Strokes gained par 4, he's 21st for me. Um, so I'll have a little bit of exposure to Fitzpatrick. I'm not a huge fan, uh, but I, of these guys, he's probably my second, second interest here. Yeah, for me, looking at this range, this is kind of like the... We, we talk about it every week. You know, we, we talk about that range where you need to get it right. And I think the 9K range is it this week. All of these guys, in my opinion, are going to come in lower owned than they actually should. I think a lot of players are going to focus on that upper range and try to do like a... They're going to try to force a balance build with the 10K guides. I don't even know if that's possible when you look at all the trash that's in this whole 6K range. But long story short, like Kucher's a solid play. Fitzpatrick, ah. Fitzpatrick, like you mentioned, is a solid play. Grace, McDowell, and Hovland, they're, they're all solid plays when you look at them statistically. Yeah. But one thing that you do get from this range is the lack of tournament history with the exception of Spieth and Phil. Um, other than that, all these guys have had sparse rare you know occasions where they've appeared at this tournament specifically yeah no for sure i'm with you so i'm gonna start out with brandon grace though i I think brandon grace in this 9k range fits great um you look at his course history only two years played here finished average finish at 24th place 28th last year 20th the year before that on top of that he just played at the waste management open and finished in ninth so when you look at his approach in the last Eight rounds, or I'm sorry, last 12 rounds, ranks 12th overall in my approach model. And then in that fairways and greens, he ranks 10th in the last 12 rounds. Where he has struggled in terms of his game specifically would be POA putting. And even though it's a little outdated because we have not seen Grace on POA yet this season, he ranks 143rd in the field in the last 12 rounds. But aggregate model ranks 10th, overall model ranks 9th. I like Brandon Grace here at 9,300. Only averaging 64 points so far this year on DraftKings, but has an implied total of 88.35.
Brandon Grace could easily top ten here and totally pay off his salary. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I just worry about my main issue with him is his putting, as I said. And then the next guy I want to mention is Graham McDowell. Oh yeah. I'm so upset about his win last Why? week. Why? Because I was on him so hard for this week. He was like the guy I was going to be locked in on. And now that he won, and of course Dustin Johnson comes in second, they're like my, the two guys I was going to lock in for sure. And I figured he'd be in the 9Ks and he'd be forgotten about as long as he like had a middle-of-the-road finish. And then he fucks around and wins. And now everyone's going to fucking roster him. Graham McDowell wins at the Saudi. I I don't know how many people are gonna be aware of that unless they're. I'm sure it shows up in his fucking DraftKings uh, little blurb. I'm sure. Well, unless you're looking at the Mayo or or, yeah. or you know one of the other contests that that have no rate <clears throat> contests. You know, um, DGen has one now. The three max. Oh, good. Cool. So, th- unless they're talking about Graham McDowell, which which normally they will, I yeah, don't sure. I don't know how high owned he's going to be just because he won at the Sony. I really don't. Not the Sony or uh, the Saudi. Saudi, yeah. It's Graham. It's Graham McDowell. Know. He's he's never over owned. Oh, that's true. And I was hoping to get him around eight seven eight percent. Was and there, I think he'll be in the teens. And there's always that. Oh, I don't want to play him because he just won. Mentality. I have a little bit of that as well. So, because you got to figure he won, he partied, then he flew all the way back here. But he's forty. Maybe he's just like whatever. I won. I'm good. Let me get back. Well, course history here has been kind to Graham McDowell. One miscut since 2014, and two finishes mm-hmm. in the top ten and top twenty, with an average finish of 13th place. His last play here in the states at the, uh, was a fourth place finish at the sony open so he is playing great golf right now like yeah, you can't deny that he is on fire and of course what's helping him the putter man the putter is hot you ride hide putters until they get cold and graham mcdowell's going to be in plenty of lineups for me yeah i mean he's historically a phenomenal putter on like almost half a stroke per round mm-hmm. that's insane the last guy I want to mention is Victor Hovland. We saw him last year at the U.S. Open tear it up. A rookie, his first appearance on PGA Tour. Um, more than impressive. He's a great approach player, great fairways and greens player, great on this course. The issue is he often blows up once in a while and has the terrible bounce back factor. So this is the guy on this particular price range who can score like crazy. But what else he can do? Unlike all the other golfers in this price range, he can blow up and just basically ruin your weekend. So Victor Hovland, 9,100. He's someone I'm going to have my eye on. I'm going to keep paying attention to ownership. If it gets too high, I'm going to be off him. If it gets too low, I'm going to buy, 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 buy. So... I'm off. Let's go to that 8K range. Kick it off. I have one guy in the 8K range. Just one. Just one. I, I, I don't know what it is this week, but I just... Usually, it's the opposite. I hate everyone in the 10Ks. I like a guy in the 9Ks, and I love the 8Ks. This week, I love I love the 11. The 9s are eh, and I hate the 8Ks. I just hate it. Uh, but if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with a guy who hopefully is relatively unknown. Um, I don't think... A lot of people know his history. I'm hopeful, at least, because 
I took a lot of time to look into it, is Kurt Kitayama. Uh, I, he has no data, really, on Fantasy National, which works in people's favor. But last year, he had started off on the Euro Tour for the first time. And within 11 starts, he already he picked up two wins in Oman and in the Afro-Asia Bank Open. And then, not only that, he made two appearances on the PGA Tour last year with a t- uh, 28th in the HSBC and a t- uh, 64th in the PGA Championship. So he's swung with the big dogs. And he's done all right for a rookie. Um, he's currently ranked 68th in the overall world golf rankings thanks to a fourth at the Dubai Desert Classic and a third at the Abu Dhabi Championship this year. So, I mean, the guy's coming in playing excellent golf. Um, on PGA courses that are graded out relatively easy compared to what he might be facing in the future if he stays on, on this side of the pond, I'll take a ton of swings at him if I was playing mass entry. But I think he's going to be in... I'll probably make three lineups this week, and he'll probably be in all three. Kurt Kitayama, I don't think, is going to go as sneaky as you think. I, I'm, he I'm, I, he's going to get talked about. I'm sure. on him. You're on him. I know other touts are on him. He's not going to be a secret. And if that's the case, come Wednesday night when I check ownership, he might be a solid, like, no thank you, I don't want a PCU play. Just to gain leverage to the field. The only way I fade him here is, and I haven't tried the Stars and Scrubs lineup that I want to make, is if I can do it without going into the 8Ks at all. Well, it, And I think I can. You absolutely can. You look at that 7K range, and we'll get there here in a minute. It, it's absolutely loaded with good golfers. So, um, Kirk Kitayama, not, I don't think he's going to be a secret. I'm anticipating at the at this moment double-digit ownership. We'll see how much it gets Oof. talked up. Oh my god! Uh, if if not double digit, I mean close to ten. I'll take him at ten. I got no. I'm gonna make him three. I'm taking him. You gonna take him? I'm taking him. I don't care. I want him. All right. One guy I want to mention is Daniel Berger. Berger, an excellent putter on Poa. Excellent approach right now. Ranks 36 in the field in his last 12 in approach. In fairways and greens, he ranks ninth overall. The guy's in great form. In my expected birdie or better percentage, he ranks 11th in the field. And this is based on this year's data. So um, we are looking at expected putting distance of 27 feet. And that, to me, bothers me because you have these smaller greens and a little bit tougher to putt on. Berger, his last play here, 2015, finished 10th. So he's in great form. Three of three cuts made recently. He made the Sony, the uh, American Express. And, of course, last weekend at the Waste Management with an average finish of 25th place this season. Daniel Berger, 8,900, totally in play. Yeah, I don't hate it. I, I don't have any, but I, I see I see why you say that. I know. You're hate you're hating on this range. I do. I, do, I have no there, I'm not even going to fake it. There are a lot of guys in this in this 8K range that, that really, really, really interest me, but none more than Russell Knox and I and I'm going to have to make a decision here come Wednesday night whether I want to roster him or not because he's the type of guy that that putter can just burn you um mm-hmm. similar to Grio great approach game great great off the tee but the putter if it goes cold you are just not going to have a good weekend the thing though that makes me optimistic is the fact that in his pro uh, his Pebble Beach pro am history 27th miscut 15th, 14th, with an average finish of 19th place. Three or four missed cuts. He made four straight cuts on PGA Tour. We're still early in the season where we're not going to see Russell Knox struggling. He is 8,600, which is a little bit too much money that I like to spend on Knox, but this field is so weak. 
Yeah, I have I have a lot of I have some knocks. I was on him heavy last week. It worked out well. Uh, I just won't. I'm not in the range, but if I was, I'd like him. And then the last guy I want to mention, he's probably going to be a chalk donkey. At least one of them is Adam Hadwin. Um, yeah. You know, there there are just so many metrics where he fits so well. And on top of that, he, he's had two made cuts here. One of these guys, whoever's the most owned, I'm most definitely going to try to look to fade just because I'll get leveraged somewhere else, maybe pay down in the 7K range. And that's the plan. Like, just figure out this ownership and kind of leverage off it this weekend. That's it. That's all you got to do to be successful this week. All right, so the 7K range, man, I think this range has so much potential to where you could build a balanced lineup and have a great weekend. No, I agree. I think the 7K looks great. I mean, there's some some good... I mean, I could make an all-7K lineup and not know the prices and be satisfied. Absolutely. Who do you like, specifically? Um, starting off, I think 7,600 for Scott Stallings is, a, is probably spot on. I don't think he's overpriced or underpriced. Uh, he's got a great history here, a third, a seventh, and a 14th the last three years. And okay, he hasn't been, you know, lights out golf this year. He's got, you know, two finishes with a 49th and a 55th. But if you look at his previous years coming into Pebble Beach, like last year when he got third, he had missed the cut, came in 50th, missed the cut in his last three events. So, I mean, he just plays well here despite his form. So I think at 7,600, um, Stalin's coming in, and which, you know, kind of looking at how he grades out for me this year, I mean, it's from, to me in the last 36 rounds, if I just, you know, condense it to Poa courses, because I feel like he comes in and he knows his course, he's comfortable. Um, he, he's eighth in my model. And for a guy who's all the way down at 7,600, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of them. Uh, seventh in approach, seventh in JR's gain, 17th in ball striking, and 30th on the par fours. Not the strongest Poa putter, um, but, you know, can hold his own. So I think Stalinus is an all-around game that will fit all three of these courses, and I think he comes in, you know, I would say easily. If he makes the cut and he's playing like he should, he should be top 15. Scott Stallings is an interesting call. My worry with him is that his recent game in terms of his approach play is 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 off when you look at the rest of the field. Um, in his last 12 rounds, just in, his, in my approach model, he ranks 56th overall if your approach game is off you're not going to do well here at this course even if even- i i thought so but i looked at his history in the last the, the two years he finished third and seventh and his form was awful coming here it was awful yeah uh, yeah you have a great point with that like he has an average finishing position of eighth place with three of three made cuts since 2014 and and it's not like he's in terrible form right now with a 55th and a 49th you know, finish. That's one or two putts, and you're talking top 25, right? So he is a key play. I just think that course history is going to lend itself to some ownership, to where he's going to be more popular. On top of that, you know, you do. I do worry about the reason for him and how it's going to play a part in this. Um, but at 7,600, Scott St- Scott Stallings is is going to make some MME lineups for me. Yeah, I, I, I have to. I, I have to. I have to. I have to. Have to. All right, a guy I want to mention is Scott Piercy. Scott Piercy is, where is he? Uh, 7,800, ranks 38th in my aggregate model, 25th in my overall model. Of course, with Piercy, you always got to worry about the uh, the money stick, the putter. He is not a good putter, but where he does thrive is the approach game and off the green. Similar 
he has just had a ton of success here with an average finish of 28th place. Three of three straight made cuts. Another player who's similar to Stallings and that even coming in in bad form could potentially play well here. One thing I do want to point out, though, he finished sixth last weekend at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And, of course, he's made three of three cuts here so far in, since January. I like Scott Piercy. I think he's in play, even though, you know, recent form could be questioned, subject and maybe to some uh, some struggles this weekend. Yeah, I, I worry about the putting, too. And then my other concern is he just hasn't shown me anything on the par fives, which I, I think you need to have some sort of scoring here to be competitive. And he just, to me, he, on the strokes game on par five, he's like in the hundreds. So I'm like, eh. It makes me hesitate a little bit. But it's a short course, so he can make it up. Who else you got? Oh, I'm going to go old man style. I think Jim Furyk here, uh, he's just a safe, safe-ish play. We haven't seen him much this year at all. Um, but, you know, 14th last year, he's one miscut a couple years back in the 7th, the 35th, the 30th, and the 40th, going back a little bit further. Um, he just excels with with his short irons, and when he's dialed in, he's dialed in. For 7,800, you're paying for a guy over his last 36 rounds on just Poe courses, is six in approach, third in JR's game, and he's a strong Poe putter. He ranks 30th overall. Um, yeah, he struggles as well as Piercy on the par fives, but still manages to rank out 71st in the field. Uh, I think he makes the cut. Um, we're not seeing him trying to machine his way through events. He's coming in rested. He's going to have a good time and play some good golf. Yeah, I love Jim Furyk. Ranks number one in my aggregate model with all the stats that you're considering. Um, Third in my overall model. Had a great season last year, and we're getting him at a discount price of 7,800. The only thing I worry about is age, but with Furyk's game, I don't think age is something that you need to consider. He's not a bomber by any means. And as we we already talked about, we're playing courses that are under 7,000 yards. So you don't need to hit it long to be successful here. And, of course, the, the, the rough is not set up to be penalizing. And Furyk, if his game is on, could easily top 10 here. Most definitely could top 20, as we've seen in the past. And course history looks great here. Four or four straight made cuts with an average finish of 31 place. At 7,800, I would take top 25. But if he finishes in 31st, I'm not going to be upset that I rostered him. I do think he makes the cut on Sunday. I think Jim Furyk is a fantastic play. Almost a steal at 7,800. Yeah, it seems wrong. Max Homa in the 8Ks and Furyk down here. Come on. I think it's because we haven't seen him. That's probably true. But I think that helps. I mean, I mean he's not just sitting on the couch eating duck potato chips. Maybe he is. I don't know. But Who knows? You never know. He's, he's pro. He's good. All right. A guy I want to mention is Pat Perez. Pat Perez, averaging 73.29 DraftKings this season, has an implied projection of 71.25. So he needs to overshoot that implied projection to show that value here. Um, One thing I like about Pat Perez is his putting and his approach recently. Normally a poor approach player. Normally he's pretty poor, but he ranks 46th in his last 12. Two of two straight made cuts. And his course history, even though he's a poor approach game player, has been very well documented he is five of six made cuts since 2014 and has an average finish of 20th place i think pat perez comes in lower owned he is such a volatile play he makes you pull your hair out at times even though he's growing like some hair down to his ass right now um 7500 i'm willing to take some pat perez yeah yeah me and pat perez have a, a rough history 
I have no interest this week. I get I get it. Just every time I roster him, he burns me. Every time. Alright. Who else do you like? I'll audible here. I think uh a guy that I just and I, I think I made a joke about him a couple weeks ago when I thought you were gonna take him for your monster. Um but JB Holmes at seventy nine hundred, I think he's starting to put together kind of a decent season, which I thought, you know, wasn't gonna happen for a long time again. Um, you know, his course history here, he's missed the last two cut, the last cut, missed the cut in the last two years. Jesus. Uh, but last two weeks, he's got two 16th places and he's got a 30th already this season. So, I mean, he's playing well above where he's priced at. Uh, yes, the, the course history isn't the greatest, but his all around game looks pretty solid. Uh, he's been struggling on approach, but he's been slowly getting it back. Uh, we saw him gain two and a half strokes finally last week at the waste management. His putter's been on, his off the tee game's been on, and he's pretty good around the greens, or he's, he's kind of just treading water. Uh, he's been steadily getting better since we saw him this year. Um, so I think, you know, I think he easily makes the cut this week. I, he, he has a history of doing well here, just not the last two years. Um, for 7,900, for me, he grades out 19th overall, uh, and it's mainly because of his ball striking. When it's on, it's on. And hopefully, last week was a sign that he's maybe getting back on track, and I think this is the week to get on him. Uh, where he'll be up there. I like that call. And, and since you're pulling an audible, I'm going to do one as well. I, I'm going to throw Sun Kang in there. And it's not necessarily that you're looking for Sun Kang to make the cut. You're looking for that top 10 potential here. And he always has it. It's 7,300. He's a little bit pricey based on his volatility as a golfer, especially on PGA Tour. But he has such a good, solid approach games. 35th in the field in his last 12 rounds. He's an Historically, a great putter on Poa. It's just recently, in his last few rounds on Poa, he's struggled. So I, I think he fits this course well. Historically, the two times he made the cut since 2014, top 20. Now, he did miss the cut in 2017. He has made two or three uh, cuts this year so far. He missed the Sony, but he did make the cut at the Farmers in the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Of course, Sung Kang is the perfect GPP play. You're not going to play him in cash. He's one of those guys that is just going to dominate the field or he's going to flounder. So, a um, couple few highlights that I want to mention in the 7K range. Looking at someone like Lucas Glover, Cameron Tringale, Nate Lashley, Adam Long. Nick Watney. I love Adam Nick, Long. Nick Watney, Jimmy Walker, Adam Long specifically, since you love him. 12th in my aggregate model, 13th in my overall model. Decent putter, great approach game. Um, no course history here, minus the cut last year. So he could go sneaky to play. Problem is, recent form is questionable. One of three cuts made, except for last weekend, which could add to his popularity, where he finished eighth place. Yeah, I mean, if his, he's always been a kind of a roller coaster on the approach game, but if last week is an indication where he gets it gets it right this week, then you, when he gets his approach game right, he usually gets like three, four, five strokes on the field. So I'm hopeful that maybe this will be a little streak of two, three weeks where he puts it all together. And for that price, yeah, he's a great play. And he's a great poet putter. I mean, he's one of the best in the field. Hands down, one of the best. All right. Well, that'll wrap up the birdie or better segment. Let's go have some fun. Oh, let's do it. I'm catching up. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it.
So it's time for our signature segment, Can't Do It. Oh, dude. Where Zach and I will take golfers that we believe are going to be 10% or higher owned that we can't play, that we can't roster, and that you shouldn't roster either. I love this. Anyway, Zach, kick it off for us. Who's your first can't do it? My first can't do it is a guy who just screams, play me now because I'm the best pillow putter in the whole world. But if I get a fly in my eye, I'm going to withdraw. Jason Day, can't do it. 10,300. No freaking way. Okay, yeah, he grades out ninth overall for me. He grades out number one in putting, one in par five, three in par four. But I'm not, I don't care, I don't care. Uh, You look at his course history, fourth, second, fifth, 11th, fourth, last five years, four years, five years, whatever it is. Great. That's fantastic. What he's done this year, a 16th two weeks ago and a miscut a long time ago. He hasn't been playing. I, you're going to have him on a chilly day where at any given time he can have an injury on a seven-hour round or he's going to be like, I don't feel like playing anymore. I'm going to take my kids to Disneyland. I'm not. I have no interest. Everyone else can roster him. Can't do it. I like that call. I do. I, I, I like that call. I have no interest anyway. But they got... Wasn't it, what, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Wasn't it in California where he went to Disneyland or was that Florida? That was in Cali. Yeah, see, exactly. I, I, that just came into my brain as I was I totally to forgot about that. Yeah. I did too until I started ranting on him. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, nope. Yeah, screw it. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> All right, my can't do it is the recent DFS darling Tom Hoagie. And you look at his key stats in terms of so far this season, and he's been phenomenal. He has been just a great golfer, you know, exceeding expectations playing awesome golf making cuts 25th last weekend fifth at the farmer sixth the american express 12th at the sony like he's on fire okay but the one thing you need to be successful at this course is an approach game now in this run 12th finish 12th place finish at the sony he had 3.9 strokes gain on approach 4.4 4.4 strokes gain on approach at the American Express. 6.7 strokes gain on approach at the Farmers. Last weekend, even though he had a top 25 finish, zero strokes gained on approach. Oof. Yeesh. That's not going to do it here. Zero. <laughs> If he does that here, that is a bona fide miscut. He's going to struggle. And at his price tag, can't do it. I like that. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people will gravitate towards him, and I absolutely agree with that. So, all right, who's your second can't do it? My second can't do it is a guy that I love. I love this guy, and I've loved him all last year, but I can't do it. Victor Hovland at 9,100. I think he is just going to be too popular. Uh, I was on him here uh, as well last year when he was 6K, and no one knew about him, and I loved it. But I think, you know, coming back here where he won the Pro-Am and he came in 24th um, back in, uh, God, I don't know, the, the when it was here twice in 2018. Sure, great. But he has looked like trash the last couple of weeks. Um, two missed cuts in the 23rd. I don't know. I don't know if it's the pressure or the multiple events back-to-back. I don't know what's going on. Um, the limited sample size we have since he's been on tour, he has he ranks in the bottom of the barrel on uh, Poe putting. Yeah, I know he can putt on POA, and we've seen him do it well here. 
I just don't see why like, I pay ninety one hundred for a guy who just is struggling coming into an event where there's just better options for less money. I can't do it. Can't do it. Do it. Can't do it. The guy I want to mention is Ches Reby. I think he just always garners too much ownership, and he just. I'm not going to do it. I'm not taking the bait for Ches in the fact that a he's going to have way too much ownership for 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 what's warranted in terms of his game. And he's just too volatile to play. He's a perfect GPP play. Don't get me wrong. He fits that mold. But at 8,200, he just costs too much money. Okay. He's a terrible putter on POA historically. Great in approach, but his recent form is, is questionable at best. When you look at the fact that he's missed three straight cuts since the Sony. Three straight missed cuts. And you're looking at a course history where he's only made three of five cuts. Now, in those made cuts, to give him credit, he's finished an average place of 22nd with a second-place finish in 2018. That's huge. But two missed cuts are just glaring for me. He's in terrible form. Chezzy can't do it. Completely agree. Trap. Trap City. It's a trap. It's a trap. All right, you got another one? Number three. I got one more, and it's because I'm only going to mention him because you made him one of your plays up top. Patrick Cantlay. I can't do it. I absolutely can't. And there's a couple of reasons. One is he grades out extremely well here based on st- statistical models, which by itself looks great. Number three, top five stats across the board for everything but putting. Um, not the strongest Poe putter. He actually lose strokes over his uh, over his history. Not, not much, but, you know, just below even. So I can't really hold that against him. But what I can hold against him is he's had a, like, a whole history of back issues leading up to this. And we saw last, like, the last time we saw him on any tour was a couple weeks ago at the HSBC in Abu Dhabi, where he finished 34th, which isn't the greatest. And, I mean, when guys like Eduardo Molinari are finishing higher than you, uh, I just question your form coming into this event. I don't know. I just, something to me screams, just don't do it this week. Uh, he's getting talked up on, like, all, everything, PGA Tour, like, oh, I can't wait for Cantlay to come in. He's healthy. and I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm not playing any Cantlay. Can't do it. Won't do it. Fair enough, sir. That, that's a bold, bold take. He's my Dustin Johnson. This that, year. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. I'm, I'm playing it. Although he did fit it. He tied 34th with Brooks Kepka. So, had that for what's worth. All right. So, my last can't do it, and I think it's just going to be my can't do it for the season, is Jordan Spieth. <laughs> You can't. You just can't. Just don't. Just just stop. Just stop playing. I don't know if he's going to be overly owned because I know this segment is based on 10% ownership, and he's just been so bad. But we are looking at the fact that it, it, if he keeps continuing to miss cuts, he is not going to be like a constant staple on tour anymore. He shouldn't be priced 9K. He's Jordan Spieth, right? Like... I don't. I don't care. He's terrible. What has he done? Why is he so bad? I don't know what happened to him, and I feel bad because he was like he was a really good golfer to watch for a while. Besides playing slow, but I, you know what? I am gonna really try to get to the bottom of this. Like, what's going on with him? He can't even get to the bottom it, of it. The, he almost figured it out last year, like in the May Juneish, but then just 
went right back to the ship. There's got to be something. I mean, is it really all in his head? I mean, if it is, he needs a sports psychologist bad. Yeah, go talk to fucking Bryson's buddy. Or Rom's, Rom's therapist. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, Jordan Spieth, terrible recently, terrible recent form. 55th at the Farmers, 100th. Now, historically, he has great form here, but he did finish at 45th last year. And we're talking about a guy who's just not playing well. You can always trust his putter. You can always trust his around the green game. But he's spraying everywhere in his approach game, spraying off the tee. And I know the rough is not that penalizing at this tournament specifically. And playing at Spyglass and Monterey is going to help scores. I, I, I would just think at 9K, it would be a struggle to take Jordan Spieth in this spot. Can't do it. Don't. Don't do it. Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut. Miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. (laughs) A monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. So this takes us to our monsters and guarantee the MG, the Martin pillar effect, as we like to often call it. No pillar in the field this week. Good. That's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to get back on him. I feel it this year. Just don't know when. Ah, Jesus. Anyways, (laughs) this is where Zach and I pick our monster, a 6k player that we feel will finish in the top 25 or better in our guarantee, our 6k player that will make the cut and play on Sunday. Looking so far at our scores this season, Zach is still trailing as he is 2-8 and eight, and I am 4-8 and eight at a 50% clip. Just for the record, we did not keep stats last year, but Zach kicked ass, so don't be fooled by the 2-8 and eight record. Just give me some props, buddy. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm coming back. Slowly but surely. I'm going to crawl my way back in here. So, I'm going to go with my guarantee first. And we're going to go with a DJ, just not the Dustin Johnson DJ. DJ Trayan is my guarantee to make the cut this week <clears throat> at the Pro-Am. Ranks 36 in my aggregate model, 14th in my weighted overall model. Now, I always question putting in this 6K range, and he is awful on POA. But where he does succeed is in his approach game. In the last 12 rounds, he's 26th in my approach model, off the tee, 27th. Mixed history here, specifically at this tournament, with an 18th place finish in 2019 and a missed cut in 2016. Recent form looks somewhat promising with two or three made cuts did miss a cut at the farmers but again these tournaments don't correlate with a 28th finish at sony and a 68th finish at the american express dj Trayan is my guarantee to make the cut this week interesting interesting i didn't actually i, I didn't really notice him in the in the noise this week you i applaud that. you say that every week oh i didn't notice him no, no, not in. I noticed Brandon Will. That's true. Who's your guarantee? <sighs> Brian Gay. <laughs> I'm going on a limb here, and it it, it doesn't look good, but he's extreme. I mean, 
pretty good Pella putter. I mean, 16th in the field for me. He's decent at JR's game. He's decent at on par fives. That's about it. But what you do get out of Brian Gay is, you know, his last two years here, he's done pretty well. So I'm hoping that despite his terrible form of three missed cuts, he will repeat his seventh, eighth finish the last two years. Uh, you know, looking at his form coming into the last year when he finished seventh, he was equally as awful. He had a couple missed cuts and a 59 finish. So I think because he's a strong power putter, I, you know, he's 48. He's going to take his time around the course. You know, he's in no hurry. He's going to have a good time. Uh, I think he sneaks through the cut line this week. He's got to be. He, he's only missed two cuts here in six attempts. So I have a good feeling. Going with the gut call. Gut call. All right. Well, this is your segment, buddy. Why not, who's your monster? So I would like to point out that I may have missed on my my monster last week. But damn it, if I didn't say, you motherfuckers should ride with me on sub 1% John Hunt. And if he hadn't fucking melted down on Sunday and went four over, man, he would have been up there. I was so close to putting it all together. Ugh. Still finished. All right, you want, you, you, if we're going to talk close, Higgs and Redmond, I said I was going to double up last week. And they almost nailed it. And I, I only almost. missed it by one or two golfers with Redmond. He finished in 34th. You you get one putt in, and both of those monsters hit. As Higgs finished at the top 25. Oh, man. I, I'm just saying, what was the ownership on Redmond last week? It doesn't matter. It matters. Han was, I don't even, you know what? I don't know if he's not in the field this week. But I'd love to go back and see if he was less than a percent ownership, because that means it was just me. Just you. <laughs> Anyway, back to the subject at hand. Um, for me, this week, I was going to go with the guy you picked until I saw that you picked him. So, I am pivoting to a guy that I think has even better upside. And that is Mr. Sean O'Hare. Um, so, Sean O'Hare has been playing some pretty, pretty sneaky golf for a guy who's 6,800 and ranks 128th in my model. Yep, that's right. He does rank 128th over the last 36 rounds. However... A guy who's also been no higher than 0.6% owners owned since the Farmers. I'm going to go back with him again. Finished ninth at the Amex a couple weeks ago. 76 at the Farmers. And, you know, he crashed and burned last week at the Waste Management. Great. Great. That's great. That's okay. Because he's got only two miscuts here. One was miscut and one was withdrawal last year. But prior to that, he would have hit the monster twice uh, in his history. So... You know, he's, he's bouncing around. He's got some upside. He's got potential. When he's on, he's on. I'm riding with Sean O'Hare. This is going to be a tough week for me. I'm, I'm going with I'm going with the feel because the feel and the stats, everything I was doing last year, I kind of deviated from a little bit at the start of this year, and I'm trying to get back to it. It worked last week. I, I, it's going to work this week. I hope you're right. I, I, I like competition. <laughs> I do. I, I, I like competition. It you know, it makes me better. Well, I think I got, I guarantee that I can beat your guarantee. Oh, you're guaranteeing you can beat my guarantee? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I double guarantee. Triple dog, triple dog stamp, whatever the hell it's called. Whatever the kids are saying. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. That's what it is. <laughs> All right, my monster for 6,800 is Chase Seifert. 
whose recent form, 3-3 made cuts and an average finish of 43rd place. Not anything to write home about at all, with a 38th finish at Sony, 21st at American Express, and 71st at the Farmers. But where he is successful, his recent form and approach has been money. He ranks 23rd in the field. Now, traditionally not the strongest approach game in the field, but I do like his recent form, and I'm going to take advantage of it, similar to how players would take advantage of Hoagie. Now, the other thing I like, excellent POA putter. Ranked 6th in the last 12 rounds on POA. Overall, his weighted putter rank is 11th. Now, in my overall rank, doesn't do that well. He's 82nd, but in my aggregate rank, 62nd. I like Chase Seafeder at 6,800. I think he's sneaky. He's going to be sub 4% ownership, maybe even less than that. Top 25, book it, monster, grrr. I do kind of like, I mean, I like it. I, I had him highlighted. I agree. I can't, I can't come at you with that one because I do agree. Um, I will say this about the 6K range. I think that this is the weakest 6K field that we've seen so far this season. Yeah, and in getting through these golfers, kind of stick with what you know. Um, you could roster you know, someone who just come out of nowhere. I just think it, it's going to be luck. Like Effie Barnrat, you know what you're going to get from him. He's rosterable. Redmond's yep. rosterable again, but he's going to be so popular because he's one of the most known names in this field. But he can easily, easily burn you at 6,900. Adam Shank, like you mentioned, at 6,700. Um, is there anyone else in here that you know you have any interest in? Stuart Sink, Ricky Barnes, anybody? I think, I think you know, if, if I have to pick some other guys here, I think I might have some interest in Josh Teeter uh, just because he's a really good poa putter and he's made the cut here last year. Uh, Alex Cheka, you know, made the cut the last you know, five or six times here. And I think, if memory serves me correctly, didn't Siwoo Kim, what is he priced at? Yeah, 6400 for Siwoo Kim. He came in fourth here last year. I mean, he, if, he, if he shows up, he's not the Siwoo Kim we were all excited about last year, but I, I have a little bit of interest. Yeah, another guy I want to mention, I didn't want to use it my monsters guarantee, is, is Robert Garrigus. Ah, Mr. Pot Smoker Exactly. Himself. He's missed four cuts here, probably because he was smoking too much weed those weekends, but... Um, in the two times he did make the cut, top uh, average the top 25 finish with a 23rd in 2017 and a 27th in 2014. Obviously, at the min of 6K, very high risk. But hey, he was a staple in the my my monster and guarantees last the end of last season when he when he finally got a suspension letter. Right. Came through a couple times. Another guy I want to mention who has not missed a cut here since 2014 in the 6K range is Jonathan Bird. He's average finish position of 50th place, but at $6,000, I'd be willing to risk it because he did finish in 22nd last year, but that was his highest finish by far. I mean, 62nd in 2018, 51st in 2016, 65th in 2015 with no missed cuts. That's kind of nice to see. I do think, though, if people are, are going to look at course history and go with stars and scrubs kind of mentality, he's someone that's going to be on their radar because of their success here at this course. Another guy, Alex Jaika. Yeah, that's what I'm on. Five sure. of six. Um, average, averaging finish position of 49th, specifically here at this tournament. So you got a lot of guys who I think course history is going to play such a huge part in who they're going to roster. So it'll be interesting to see how ownership shakes down in this 6K range, especially with the lineup construction builds that people are going to go with this week. I'm excited. Except for there's more than one course, but I'm excited. You should be. Back to one course next week. Genesis! <laughs> Are you 
seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. Well, that'll do it. That'll wrap it up. The cut line is all over. The end is here. Zach, I want to thank you, man. Another great show. It's fantastic. Good to be here. Dude, it's always better when you're here. It's, Don't... Uh, it's, all, because of, it's all because of you. The life is not true. It is. I believe you it. are the yin and the yang that keeps this thing together. Especially want to thank you, the listener, for taking your precious time to spend with us. want to thank Fanshare Sports, Fantasy National, and the PGA Tour. I also want to give a shout out to DFS on Demand, who, if you have not logged into their website, his website, Rick Gaiman specifically, awesome stats, tools there. Um, other than that, get some wins, boys. Yeah, yeah. JB Holmes won the Genesis last year. He's heating up. Play him. <laughs>